Hey there, everybody. This is Vic Mignogna. You know, I love Hawaii and I love podcasts. And you're tuned into Hawaii's number one podcast, the Casanova Podcast. to another episode of Hawaii's number one podcast, the Casanova Podcast. I'm Mikhail Casanova, and I'm coming at you with this amazing, truly amazing interview. And typically, I know this is a little bit of a different format than what I normally do. Usually, I'll have the graphic of the guests I'm having on, and then I'll speak, and you'll just hear my voice and see the promotional image for what I'm doing. Now, I want to switch it up a little bit because this one is very, very personal to me, and it's something that I want to showcase how special this opportunity is to me because it would not have been possible without HawaiiCon, to be completely honest. And I, I want to express gratitude to HawaiiCon, Stephanie, Tim, the entire team at HawaiiCon. I want to thank you guys so much for this opportunity that you gave me to be able to you know, be at the event to sit on a panel to host the biggest Dragon Ball Fighters tournament in Hawaii history, and also to be able to interview one of my childhood heroes in Vic Mignogna. And I am just deeply honored and humbled for the opportunity to have been able to do this to begin with. And it's just, it's just one of those things. And I just want to showcase my gratitude to you all for the opportunity. Now, I this man needs no introduction. Vic Mignogna is an icon in the voice acting and acting industry. This man has done everything from Street Fighter, Dragon Ball, Ruby, Full Metal Alchemist, and Star Trek Continues, and so much more. And this episode, this interview that I have with Vic, is going to be delving into more than the routine because there's so many interviews where we've covered the, the traditional things, be it him voicing Broly in Dragon Ball Z and Super, and him voicing Edward Elric, him being Crow and Ruby, and him being Captain Kirk in Star Trek Continues. And while we could tread over those same topics, you know, that others have talked about, this episode is special, not only for me, but for Vic as well, because I wanted to do something different. I wanted to delve into what it is that Vic himself personally enjoys, things he's passionate about beyond voice acting. And in this episode, you get to experience him talking about his interests, his love, his passions, and why they're important to him. So, if you are ready to do it, I'm ready to do it. Let's go ahead and introduce Vic onto the show. All right, and welcome everyone to another episode of Hawaii's Number One Podcast, the Casanova Podcast. I'm your host, Mikhail Casanova, and today I have the honor privilege is I'm so humbled and honored to interview the legendary, the iconic Vic Mignogna. It's my honor. Thank <laughs> you for having me, man. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you for taking the time to, to be interviewed. And you guys can't see his shirt, <laughs> but his shirt's awesome. I'm trying not to stare at him. I'm trying to look at him, but I keep going, oh, look at that shirt. <laughs> this is the perfect place for a little insert of, of right? the t-shirt, man. Okay. <laughs> Oh, so we're, we're here in Hawaii Con uh, 2019. We're here in paradise. True, true, wow. very true. And uh, how are you feeling? How's everything going? I'm blessed. 
I am blessed beyond what I deserve. I, I, uh, I have, I've always felt such gratitude mm -hmm. to get to do what I do because as I've told people many times in many interviews and panels over the years, I didn't set out to become a voice actor. I didn't expect that. I didn't, you know, go knocking on, on production doors and, and sending out demos and, mm -hmm. you know, beating the pavement. Mm -hmm. An opportunity arose and I, I, uh, I took it having no idea where it would lead. And here we are. And I, I, uh, I daily have to kind of pinch myself mentally um, just to, you know, to, to remind myself that even when things are rough, even when things may be tough or bad or uh, unfortunate, there is so much to be grateful for. Amen. Amen to that. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, I know we could do a traditional interview and talk about, you know, Dragon Ball Z and your role as Broly, both Dragon Ball Z and Dragon Ball Super. We could talk about Ruby and your role as Crow. We could talk about, you know, any other thing, but you know what I want to talk about? I want to talk about you. What are your interests? What is it you love to do? You know, and uh, let's talk about music and Star Trek. Let's uh, talk about things you have a passion I'm in love with this guy. <laughs> uh, yes, please. Okay, so um, let's talk about let's talk about music. You put out several albums already. What was your inspiration? Are you classically trained? No, or? no. And you see, this is this is all part of that being blessed. Mm -hmm. By no action of my own, for no reason, but just God being kind to me. Um, when I was about 17 years old, I uh, I went I, I went to Kmart mm -hmm. with a friend of mine, and uh, he was driving mm -hmm. his yellow Z28. <laughs> I'll never forget it. And he pulled the tape out from underneath his his. Uh, seat and he said, hey, do you mind if I put on some Barry Manilow? Mm -hmm. And I said, I don't know who that is, but it's your car. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> so he put this tape in. Mm -hmm. And I sat there and I leaned against the window, passenger's window, and I, I really liked this guy. He was unassuming. Mm -hmm. He wasn't flashy or ostentatious mm -hmm. or showy. He was just this guy who wrote music and sang. And I went home that Christmas break, and I bought all of his records. Mm -hmm. Records, I said it, records. <laughs> 33 and a third. Hey. RPM. <laughs> right. I bought all of his records, and I loved it. I loved his music. Now, I didn't play any instruments. I sang in church and mm -hmm. whatnot, but I didn't play any instruments. Well, I, I loved his music so much that I, I decided I wanted to try to write a, a song stylistically mm -hmm. like his. But I didn't play anything. Mm -hmm. But I had a friend named Jay mm -hmm. who played the piano. So Jay and I made a plan. He was going to write a song on the piano mm -hmm. and record himself playing it on a cassette, and then he was going to give it to me, and I was going to write the lyric. Mm -hmm. So we did this, and as I was listening to that cassette day and night, working on these lyrics, I, I knew every note of that song that he played on that cassette. And one day, walking across the campus of my high school, I stepped into one of the little practice rooms mm -hmm. where you go in to practice your trumpet or your trombone or your violin or your piano. Mm -hmm. And I sat down at the piano and I just kind of started plinky-plunking around. I didn't know what I was doing. Mm -hmm. 
But before I knew it, I had figured out how to play that song on that cassette exactly the way Jay played it. Mm -hmm. What chords was I playing? I don't know. What key was I in? I don't know. What was the tempo? I don't know. But I knew it sounded just like the way he played it. Mm -hmm. I started developing playing the piano. I started uh, looking for different chords just by ear. Mm -hmm. And before I knew it, I'd made up my own song. I still didn't know what I was playing. Mm -hmm. I just knew I liked it. It sounded cool. Yeah. As I continued to develop it um, and sing and mm -hmm. write mu lyrics to my songs, I asked some of my music major friends to come and listen to the songs that I was writing. Mm -hmm. And they would stand behind me like this, you know, because music majors are some kind of, some kind of, <laughs> kind of, kind of, kind of snobby. Yeah. And they stood behind me and watched me playing the piano. Yeah. And I would play, and they would say, that's a G minor 7. <laughs> and I would be like, why? And they said, well, because your root is G, your major third has been flatted, which makes it a minor, and up on the top you're not playing a G, mm -hmm. which is the eighth in an octave, you're playing the F, which is a seventh. Mm -hmm. G minor 7. And I was like, oh, so this would be a B flat minor 7. Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> and before I knew it, I, I knew chords. Yeah. And then I would listen, I'd go to a restaurant and there'd be music playing over the sound system. And I would sit there and listen to that song, pop song, and I'd, I'd think, well, okay, if that's a G, then that's an A minor, and that's D. Mm -hmm. Oh, wait, no, that's a D sus four. They've suspended the fourth, and then they're gonna resolve it to the harmonic third. How did I know any of this? Yeah. I don't know. I didn't study it. Never took any classes. But I could listen to a song mm -hmm. and walk right to a piano and play it. I've, I've developed that over the years. Mm -hmm. I started writing music for ad agencies. I, I started recording my own songs. Um, and music, I, I've been writing and producing music twice as long mm -hmm. as I've been voice acting. and. Uh, you can understand now, hearing that story, why I say it's not me. <laughs> it's not a professor that taught me anything. It's not a school I went to. It's not a major I pursued. It's, it was just a gift. Yeah. And uh, that's one of the reasons that music means so much to me, is because it was just a, a kind of a, an organic gift. Mm -hmm. Now, when it comes to acting and voice acting, it was pretty much the same thing. Like I said, I just kind of stepped in, somebody said, hey, you should go audition for this place, they need actors. I was like, okay. <laughs> now Star Trek. Okay. I was nine years old, my parents had just divorced. Mm -hmm. My mom and I moved into an apartment. We didn't even have a table in the living room. We had a 19 inch black and white television that sat on the floor because we had no furniture. Yeah. And I would lay on the floor and watch television when I came home from school every day. One day I came home and I turned on Channel 11. I, I'll never forget it. Channel 11, WIIC in Pittsburgh. Black and white, 19-inch TV. And there was this ship. And there was this guy. He was the captain of this ship. And he was brave and 
handsome, and he had these friends, and they went on these adventures, and they looked out for each other, and they, and they had these really great themes and lessons, and, and, uh, and I, I fell in love with Star Trek mm -hmm. and Captain Kirk. Mm -hmm. It actually inspired me to start doing things creatively that I had never done. I wanted to build props. I never built any props in my life. I was nine years old. It's ten years old. But I was so enamored mm -hmm. that I went to the store and bought duct tape and electrician's tape and balsa wood and glue and went to the hardware store and looked for like little screens and, and, and bolts and anything. Mm -hmm. And I would take it home and I would watch Star Trek and make a phaser mm -hmm. as best I could. Then I, I wanted to make a Star Trek episode. And I'd get my mom to help me make uniforms. Mm -hmm. Pretty soon she got tired of that. She made she taught me to use her sewing machine because <laughs> she didn't want to make me uniforms anymore. <laughs> so I started making my own. And then I would round the kids in the neighborhood up and I would make them wear the uniforms that I that I had made, and I would wear my Captain Kirk uniform, and we would make little Star Trek episodes mm -hmm. on eight millimeter movie cameras. There was no video camera. This is a way long time ago. I would hang models, I would make the Enterprise model, mm -hmm. and I would hang it in front of a black poster board, and then I would run the camera past the ship and make it look like the ship was flying <laughs> by the camera. I was inspired mm -hmm. by this show to do things creatively that I'd never done before. Making uniforms, building props, shooting episodes, building sets. I built cardboard sets in the woods out behind our apartment building. And then I even went into, as I continued in school, I went into film mm -hmm. as a major and acting. I started auditioning for school plays because of Star Trek. Because I wanted to move people the way they moved me. Yeah. So you fast forward several decades after college and after developing all these skills in filmmaking, mm -hmm. directing, editing, lighting shooting, camera composition, all of it. Mm -hmm. And I decided I wanted to make a Star Trek episode as best as I could make it like the Star Trek I remember, the mm -hmm. original. Mm -hmm. So I rented a building and I, I, I spent a lot of money to have a bunch of people help me build the sets mm -hmm. and then I rounded up a bunch of friends of mine who were all talented professionals in their own fields of camera, mm -hmm. acting, lighting, makeup, props, costumes, and we came together and we made an episode of Star Trek, and I called it Star Trek Continues, and the episode was Pilgrim of Eternity, mm -hmm. and it was a sequel to an original Star Trek episode, and the actor who played the character in the original episode 50 years ago, I got him to come to our studio and reprise his role as the same character. Wow. We finished it, we released it. I didn't I didn't know how it would be rece received. You know, sci-fi fans can be pretty particular yeah. about yeah. what they like. Yeah. And can be critical of mm -hmm. things they think aren't quite right. Yeah. It was very well received. And from that point on, we launched crowdfunding campaigns to make another 10 episodes. Mm -hmm. So now today as we sit here Star Trek Continues has more than 10 million viewers, and we've won two dozen awards, 
and uh, made 11 full-length quality episodes in the style mm -hmm. of the original Star Trek series. It picks up where the original series was canceled, mm -hmm. and it finishes right where the motion picture begins. Yeah. So it perfectly fills that space. And I just blabbered for a very long time. No, but no. That's, uh, that's my music and Star Trek background and why I love them so much and how, how they've influenced me, inspired me in so many ways. Yeah. I mean, you can definitely tell the passion that you have for music and Star Wars and just... Star Trek? He just said <laughs> Star Wars, y'all. Hey, and He said Star Wars! That's impressive. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Hey, by the way, yes. can we just say, I love Star Wars too, y'all. I've never understood this. Star Trek or Star Wars, which... They're, they're, they're not mutually exclusive. They're two completely different things, and you can like them both just fine. When Star Wars came out, dude, I was building lightsaber replicas, and I was wearing my Jedi robes going to the theaters for the premieres. I love Star Wars. But Star Trek was my first love, and Star Trek inspired me to do all the things that I do now professionally. Okay. So of uh, the different Star Trek uh, series that have come out from Enterprise to Next Generation, what has been your favorite one so far? Well, Tia, the original series, without question. In fact, I'm a bit of a purist snob, I have to say. I mean, the original series was canceled in 69. Yeah. I was seven years old, mm -hmm. and I had just discovered, it had just gone off the air when I discovered it. Mm -hmm. So I discovered it when it was in reruns, in syndication. Mm -hmm. And when it was gone, I had these 79 episodes of the original series, yeah. and I watched them a hundred times each. I loved them. When I heard they were making a new Star Trek called The Next Generation, mm -hmm. I was excited. But the 80s were a different time mm -hmm. than the 60s. The sensibilities of The Next Generation are very different. It was much more cerebral. It was much more, let's talk about our feelings. Yeah. As opposed to the go get em action adventure of the original series. Mm -hmm. So when Next Generation came out, I wanted to like it. I wanted, I wanted to like it, but it didn't resonate with me. Mm -hmm. Now I know there are people out there, Next Generation is their Star Trek. That's what they discovered when they were 10 years old. But for me, it was the original. And there are people out there, Deep Space Nine is their jam. Voyager's their jam. Enterprise is their jam. And that's great. Live and let live. But for me, it's the original. And each incarnation of Star Trek, to me, got further away from what it was that made the original yeah. resonate with me. And that's just my, that's just my own personal feelings. Okay. Uh, last two questions I have for sure. you. I think we're, we're good on time. No worries. Um, so... What was it like for you? I know I asked this question at one of your panels, and people, if you're here at HawaiiCon, please come to fix panels. Yes, please. So I, I want to know, what was it like when you first got to meet William Shatner? You know, it was, you know, when I was young, mm -hmm. I went to Star Trek conventions. A lot of you don't know this, but Comic-Cons, HawaiiCon, San Diego Comic-Con, name a con. They all began with Star Trek. The first conventions mm -hmm. were Star Trek conventions mm -hmm. back in the 70s, long before there were Comic-Cons. Star Trek started that. 
where fans would come together to celebrate this thing that they loved. I would go to them as a little boy, wearing my little uniform and meeting George Takei and DeForest Kelly, who played Dr. McCoy, and Leonard Nimoy, and Jimmy Doohan, who played Scotty, and all of them. But I never met William Shatner, and he was my favorite, right? About seven years ago, literally six or seven years ago, that recently, I was a signing guest for anime at Toronto Fan Expo, Toronto. And William Shatner was going to be signing as well. He was going to be a guest. It was my birthday weekend. And the convention chairman said to me, hey, this is your birthday weekend, isn't it? What do you want for your birthday? And I said, I want to meet William Shatner. And he said, all right, I'll see what I can do. So I was signing at my table, and the con chair came up to my table, and he said, Mr. Shatner and his agent are arriving down at the loading dock right now. Do you want to come with me? I'm like, yes. <laughs> I walked right away from everybody. And we went down to the loading dock. Bill gets out of the, the, the car with his agent, Gary. And Amon, the con chair, says, hello, Mr. Shatner, you know, welcome to Fan Expo. And he's like, thank you. And he's like, uh, this is Vic Mignogna. He's another one of our guests here. He's a voice actor. And I stuck my hand out, and he said, nice to meet you. And I said, it's my honor, sir. And we walked together straight to his Q&A session. And we chatted in the, uh, in the elevator. And then we walked right up, and he, he stepped up to his table, and everyone started cheering. And I turned to walk away. And as I was walking away, I looked over my shoulder to just get one more look at him, and he was looking at me, and he went, <laughs> and I was 10 years old again, you know? Since then, his manager, Gary, manages me as well, and Bill and I have done a dozen conventions together. We've had dinner together. We've shared all kinds of wonderful experiences. And I love him dearly. And I even had the chance to tell him that I made Star Trek Continues as a tribute, as a way of saying thank you to him and the others mm -hmm. for that amazing show that they made that has impacted so many millions of people the same way it did me. So uh, I have a very special, very special place in my heart for Bill Shatner and, and getting to, to know him and become friends with him. Awesome, awesome. Well, last question I have for you is Yes, always. Okay. There's a lot of negativity in the world. Don't let it suck you in. It's easy, and it's, it's, it's quick, and it's cheap, and you may get a quick rush, but it does nothing but hurt. And I want to encourage everyone to be voices for good, to sow positivity and encouragement into people. There are so many people out there so desperate just to be acknowledged, just to feel like they matter to someone. And that desire to mean something is so strong that it literally drives some people to be negative yeah. or to talk garbage or to, or to you know, or to, to, uh, to do negative things just to get attention. I'll never forget psychology class I took in college 
the professor was doing a lecture one day on children. It's a general psych class, but I'll never forget this one thing he said. He said, children would prefer negative attention to no attention at all. Think about that. Why do kids act up sometimes? Because they want attention. And they would rather be scolded by their parents because at least they're paying attention to them now. They would prefer negative attention to know it to being ignored completely. And I think that drives a lot of people in their desire to, to feel of, of value, to feel some sense of self-worth. Don't, don't let yourself get pulled into that. You can, every single person, wherever they are, you can do enormous things to encourage and make people's lives better all around you. So be that person. That's that's my that would be my my greatest wish and uh, encouragement to the fans out there. And thank you, thank you so much for your encouragement to me over the years. I've uh, I never imagined imagined that a lot of the things would happen that have happened over the years for me, and I'm extremely grateful, most of all, for you and your uh, your support and your encouragement over the years. So thank you. Well, I'm gonna speak for the audience and for fans and for myself, Vic, we love you. And Thank you, your bro. work inspires us and your journey, your passion, never lose sight of that, man. We love you. Thank you, man. Love you. Thank you. And um, I lied, I have one final question. Ask me. Did you have fun? Oh my God. <laughs> so much fun. It's been such a great weekend. So many great people. You know, such wonderful people. It's it's been a wonderful experience. It's been an honor to be here. And thank you for having me on your podcast, my thank friend. You, thank you. I wish you the best. Thank you. Thank you so much. And uh, with that being said, people, this is Vic Miyana, the iconic one. And please make sure you go and support him on social media. Buy all of his products. <laughs> get your get, get his music. Check out Star Trek Continues. And you know why? And it's music. free. <laughs> That's the best part. <laughs> I had to plug your music in Thank there, you. Man. I feel weird plugging my own stuff. Why? So I plug the stuff that's free. So. <laughs> well, with that being said, people, you can catch this episode of the podcast available on all podcasting outlets from Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Sirius XM Radio, and more, and on YouTube.com slash Nova. And with that being said... This guy's everywhere. I try to be. <laughs> good. good. With that being said, people, this is Vic and I. We are signing out. Have a good one. Hey, did you enjoy this episode of the Casanova Podcast? Well, I'm sure you did. And since you did and you're wondering where else you can find it, you can find it on every podcasting outlet. Yes, that includes Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Launchpad DM by Podcast One, and so much more. And the only thing I ask of you is if you truly enjoyed it, even if you didn't enjoy it, please leave a rating and tell us what you thought of it, what you like, what you didn't like, and everything in between. And also, if you're looking for video formats of this podcast and many more, you'll be able to find them on youtube.com slash Casanova as well as on twitch.tv slash Casanova and new episodes every single Monday morning, 8 a.m., Eastern Standard Time. So, that being said, this is Mikhail Casanova, Hawaii's favorite YouTuber. I am signing out. You guys have a great one.